Hey, how are you doing? This is Craig Beck from StopDrinkingExpert.com, the website that has helped hundreds of thousands of people to quit drinking over the last 13, 14 years. I'd like you to be the next. If you are worried about your drinking, then do the best thing you will ever do. Go to the website, StopDrinkingExpert.com and sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar. I will even give you a copy of my best-selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a gift just for turning up and staying to the end. All right, today, really good question coming from a member of my quit drinking course, Mark, uh, and it's uh, a sensitive subject. It's one of those taboo subjects that people don't like to admit to and don't like to talk about, and that is loneliness. Uh, you know, it takes a certain amount of courage to admit that you're lonely because, um, you know, human beings, we're, we're very motivated by social proof, uh, and we like to feel significant. That's kind of a driving force for us. And to admit that you're lonely is to say that you don't have that social proof. You don't have lots of people who like you. You don't have lots of friends. Therefore, you are not significant. So that's why it comes with a bit of, you know, stigma and it's difficult to do, but it's very common. And in fact, it's an epidemic. So many people are truly lonely. And as I'm sure you'll appreciate, loneliness has got nothing to do with being on your own. You can be lonely in a stadium full of people. You can be lonely in a crowd. You can even be lonely in a restaurant with people that you know, like work colleagues and friends and family. You can still feel lonely, lonely in that situation. So what we're going to talk about today is how you deal with loneliness without resorting to drinking alcohol. And the reason I want to talk about this today is because I got this email from Mark who's a member of the Stop Drinking Expert coaching program, um, says, good afternoon. I've started part four of your course, and I'm now feeling conflicted. This is where the conflict comes in. Day four is a really important day because I ask you to make a decision on day four. I basically say to you, look, you've heard enough already about alcohol where you can make an informed decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to quit drinking? Are you going to cut down? Or are you just going to carry on? That's the choice you make on day four. You asked me to do homework on why I want to quit drinking and what alcohol has taken from me, whether it be time for my partner, wife, children, or friends. The fact is I have no girlfriend or children and very few friends. And when I did go out drinking, it was with my drinking friends. I spent a lot of my time alone, uh, a lot of my time alone drinking at home um, as well for a lot of reason. Here's a brief history of my drinking. I quit drinking four years ago, but then went back to it late last year on one occasion and then this year, it's been every few weeks or once a week. And I don't want it to continue as I've had a problem with alcohol all those years. So basically, I'm panicking because if I stop drinking, then I will become lonely and isolated again. I'm too petrified around people talking to girls and having responsibilities. And alcohol was the only thing I had in my life. My job causes a lot of stress and anxiety as I'm a sole trader and always on my own with my thoughts and dwelling on everything. However, I'm looking to go back to studying and pick another career path. I don't know how to complete part four of the course as I feel stumped on what to say. I apologize for the long email. Hope to hear with some support and advice. Many thanks, Mark. Great email. And it's that, you know, it's that loop of problem drinking that makes it so challenging. It's that promise that this attractively packaged poison is going to offer a solution to a problem that actually ends up going on to create more of. So you get stuck in this loop. You have a problem, alcohol pops up his hand and says, hey, 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 I can help you with this. 
you drink the alcohol and you go, yeah, it's helped. And then 24 hours later, you're like, oh, I've got the same problem again, but it's slightly worse. Hey, 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 I can help you with this. And this goes on for decades. And the reason the problem gets worse is because of your tolerance to alcohol, because to deal with the problem, you now need to drink more of the alcohol, which creates more of a problem. Then you can see how this is a downward spiral. This is how I talk about alcohol as being like stuck in quicksand, because the more you struggle, the quicker you sink. So if you're viewing this with blinkers on in the moment, in the short term, you'll say, okay, here's my problem and alcohol's fixing it. So how can I remove the alcohol? It's, it's the solution to my problem. If I remove the alcohol, I've just got this really horrible, painful problem, Craig. And that's if you're viewing it in this kind of short time frame window. If you zoom out and you view it from, you know, 30,000 feet, as they say, if you view this as though it's not happening to you, if you disassociate yourself from the problem and you almost imagine it's being performed on a play, on a stage, and you're watching it in the audience, you'll be able to view it differently. You'll be able to go, aha, okay, that happens, and then this happens, which is going to cause that to, I get it now. It will seem more clear, all right? But I understand that when you're in that moment, when you're in pain, you don't really care about logic. You don't really care about zooming out and seeing it differently. So let's talk about, first of all, does alcohol help with loneliness? Uh, of course, the answer is no. Um, but it feels like it does because it's a mild anesthetic. And basically, anything in your life that makes you uncomfortable causes discomfort, then an anesthetic is going to help in the short term. If you're in a problematic, challenging relationship, Drinking alcohol is going to numb your emotions. It's going to numb your awareness of the situation you're in. If you're in debt and you're sitting there looking at the bills and you're upset and you, you drink alcohol, you're going to be less conscious of your debt. And we can go on, right? But does it mean that the debt's gone away? No. Does it mean that the debt got slightly better? No. Does it mean that your abusive relationship has got slightly better? No. So it, it doesn't fix the problem it covers it up. Now, you have to think about whether that's something you want. I mean, imagine if you had a health problem and you went to the doctor and he said to you, I'm afraid you've got cancer. But good news, uh, we can give you this tablet and all of the symptoms will go away. And you go, well, that's fantastic, doctor. So it cures the cancer. Oh, no, no, no. You're still going to die. You just won't be aware of the symptoms unless you would like us to take a different. Would you like us to try and treat the cancer? You wouldn't you say, well, what's the point of that pill? I don't want that. Can we try and can we try and cure the cancer doctor? Oh, yeah. OK, we can do that. Why didn't you say in the first place? Do you see what I mean? This is what alcohol is like. It's like there is a problem and you can take something that covers it up that doesn't fix it. Or you can forget about that and you can do something productive, all right? So point number one, alcohol does not help with loneliness. It covers it up. Your loneliness is coming from somewhere else. It's coming from something bigger. And like I said right at the start of the video, loneliness has got nothing to do with whether you're with people or not. Loneliness is not even whether you have one friend or 100 friends. 
It's not even whether you're in a relationship or not. Loneliness is entirely about a disconnect. You are disconnected from humanity. You feel no connection to the humans around you. You feel isolated. You feel like you're on your own. That is loneliness. And you can be lonely in a city with 10 million people, or you can be lonely in a village with 10 people. It's got nothing to do with the number of people available. It is an internal problem, a disconnect from society, right? Now, the way to deal with that is obviously to work on that area that is a problem, work on your disconnect. You've got to spend more time with people. You've got to force yourself out of your comfort zone and to do things that scare you. That's the only way to deal with it. That's the only way to deal with any problem in life is to expose yourself to more of the thing that you're afraid of. It's the only way. There is no easy way. Now, if you're drinking alcohol, you're not going to do that because you're not present. The reason people drink, you know, especially guys, the reason guys get drunk before they have the nerve to go up and ask a girl out or ask a girl if they can buy them a drink in a nightclub, the reason they do that is because they don't want to be present. They're scared. They haven't got the confidence. And so they drink this substance that reduces their IQ, reduces their inhibitions, makes them a bit stupid, makes them a bit less risk-aware, so then they have the stupidity to expose themselves to pain by asking a girl for a dance, a drink, or to go out on a date. Of course, like everything with alcohol, the solution causes more problems than it fixes because now you're not very attractive. You're drunk and you're stupid and you're drooling and you're saying stupid stuff and you're slurring and you get exactly the outcome that you don't want. Same is true with loneliness, Mark, right? If you drink because you're lonely or you drink because you've got low confidence and you go to a bar or you go to do a night, you know, night course or you learn a language or something like that, you may feel less socially awkward, but you're less present. You're not really gaining anything from the experience because you weren't really there. The evil clown was there. You have to, you know, as the saying goes, feel the fear and do it anyway. If you want to feel less lonely, you have to spend more time with human beings. That's the only way it can be done. So, Mark, you've got to stop hiding from humanity. So you've got to stop hiding from girls, from women, from social interaction, and expose yourself to it. And the alcohol is stopping you doing this. If you keep drinking, Mark, all it's going to do is going to hold you in this limbo period for the rest of your life. You know, I say this often. Alcohol does not generally take you down to rock bottom where you lose the house, you lose the job, you lose your family, you lose everything. You end up sitting on a park bench drinking whiskey out of a brown paper bag. Very rarely does that happen. And a lot of people spend a lot of time waiting for that to happen so they take action. And it, what alcohol prefers to do is hold you in a stasis of mediocre. It doesn't want to push you too hard, too far down, because then you'll stop drinking. What it wants to do is hold you in a mediocre life for the rest of your life. That's what it really loves. Because there's not enough pain for you to take action. But it still 
taking 10 to 15 years off your life. It's still killing you. It's just being really patient about it. It's being really slow and it doesn't care that it's taking a bit of time as long as it ends up with you being dead. That's its goal. All right. So, you know, you talk in your email about, you know, you don't have the confidence to talk to women and things like that. Uh, look, you're never going to have the confidence to talk to women unless you do it. You know, exposure therapy is the best therapy. You got to talk to as many women as possible. You got to get rejected a, a bunch of times. You got to feel that pain. You got to feel that pain so many times that you no longer care about it. You know, when people get, uh, get diagnosed with diabetes and they're told, right, you're going to have to inject yourself in the stomach every day. The first day they do it, they're like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't stab myself in the stomach. Oh, my God. And it takes them half an hour to put that needle in. They're like, one, two, three. No, I can't do it. One, two, three. Oh, I can't do it. And they do it and they're like, oh, I hate this. And the next day they hate it. And for the whole first week, they're like, oh, I hate doing this. I can't do this for the rest of my life. How do you think they are about it after six months? Do you think they're sitting there going, oh, I can't do this, can't do this? Or they just going, done. That's the perfect analogy. And you've got to do more of it, Mark. So look, you're at day four, and I'm here to encourage you to make the only choice that really exists. Because day four actually is an illusion, Mark. It's, it's a presupposition, right? I appear to be giving you the luxury of a choice on day four. I'm saying to you, do you want to carry on drinking? Do you want to stop drinking or do you want to cut back? Well, actually, while it appears there are three choices, there is only one. Because you can't moderate your drinking. It's not possible. You're a problem drinker. You have crossed the event horizon. You have gone through the valve. There is no way back to moderate drinking for you. So it's, that's, it's not even an option. You can carry on drinking, but basically what you're choosing there is death. You're choosing miserable, mediocre life until you die 15 years before you're supposed to. It's not really a choice, is it? So the only choice, actually, Mark, is to stop drinking. But I want you to remove that fear that if you stop drinking, life gets worse. It doesn't. It gets more challenging initially because now you have to be present for some of the stuff that scares you. And for the first time in a long time, you have to really experience that fear. But see it as an experiment. See it, you know, if, if you could look ahead in time, and, you know, talking about having the confidence to approach women here, if you could look ahead in time and you knew for certain it would take 57 attempts before you met the woman of your dreams, you would approach it differently, wouldn't you? You'd go, okay, well, I've done five. So, you know, count them down. That's another one down. I'm getting closer. You get to 55. You're thinking, oh, I need two more to do. And then I've met the woman of my dreams. You wouldn't see it the way you do. So this is all mindset and exposing yourself to what you're afraid of. I hope that helps. If it doesn't, or if you need any more advice, drop me an email. And if you're watching this video and you have a different question, email me and I'll make you a video, craig at craigbeck.com, or you can get in touch with me via the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com. And don't forget, if you are worried about your drinking, don't be one of those people, the majority, who don't do anything about it. Expose yourself to what you're afraid of. Sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar, and it will change your life. Thank you very much. See you in the next episode of the Happy Sober Podcast.